maybe at some point you've heard the phrase bootlicker or brown noser or butt kisser. Maybe you've even dealt with those people in your job, in your workplace, maybe even when you were in school. And what we really know as leaders is that when you're the leader, that comes at you from both ways. We call it politics, right? But we also know that politics is political at every level and in every job. Every job. It doesn't matter where you are in your career. Politics is going to be involved in your job. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five-minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I can tell you there are a whole lot of people who come into a job or a career field and they think, well, in this particular job, whether it's medicine or ministry, military or mechanic, in this job, there won't be any politics. In this job, people just do their job, they show up, and that's pretty much it. But I can also tell you that they're just delusional because every job, at every level, there's some little twist to politics. Why? Well, because it's human nature. Yeah, politics is human nature. And I don't mean politics as a career field, but I do mean politics as the manipulation of how do you get things a little better for yourself? How do you, how do you make life go more your way? How do, you, how do you kind of make sure that you've got the best path without regard for everybody else? And, and we hate to think that it's true that people would sacrifice their friends on the altar of their own success, but it happens every day. We hate to think that it's true that someone would maybe even tell a lie. Maybe even, maybe even fabricate some numbers. Maybe even falsify a report. Maybe even lose one in order for them to benefit and somebody else to lose. But we also know that that too happens every day. Receipts get lost. Invoices get lost. Jobs get torn up. Things get broken. Things get lost along the way. Customers get dissatisfied. And it's always easy to point the finger to somebody else because we don't want to blame ourselves. And sometimes that little sabotage happens where someone will do the thing that they know is going to be a bad thing, but if they can get away with it and then blame somebody else, they win. I remember when my daughter, who today is her birthday, by the way, uh, when my daughter was 16, 17 years old and going out looking for a job the first time, I gave her some advice that I think well, I hope, really helps to intercede or supersede some of the politics that are typical. See, both my daughters have a, a big challenge, and, and if you've raised daughters and they fit this uh, mold, then you know this challenge, and that is they're both very attractive, but they're also both very bright. And those two things don't always go in the same vein, and I'm not saying that to be discriminatory. I'm saying that to be honest. A lot of times, the, the super intellectual have that nerdy, you know, Big Bang Theory kind of a look about them. Um, then you have the ones who are both attractive and intelligent and extremely articulate and great with people. And when you put those four things together, you have someone who could tear the world apart if they tried. But you also have someone who everybody else in the world is jealous to deal with. And so when my youngest daughter went out in her first job search, I said, look, here's what I want you to do. When you see a place that has a help wanted sign in the window, go inside and the first person that you encounter, ask them, are you hiring? And if they say no, don't argue with them, don't debate with them, just walk out the door. 
And if they do say yes, ask for an application. But when you get the application, don't stay there and fill out the application. Take the application, leave the premises. I don't care if you just go sit in the car, fill out the application somewhere else. Once you fill out the application, go back to the place that said, yes, we're hiring and ask to meet the hiring manager. And if they say they're not here, but I'll hand them the res your application, ask when will they come back? I'd rather hand it to them myself. And if they say we don't do that, take your application and leave. Don't leave it there. Just take your application and leave and go look for another place. Because here's what we know. If you walk into a place of business that has a sign that says help wanted, and they say, no, we're not looking for help, they've already judged you as too much competition to be in their work environment. And I don't care if they're the lowest man on the totem pole, if they've only been working there for an hour, or if they've been working there for months and years and they're almost the manager of the place. If they tell you we're not hiring, they don't want you to be hired, which means you're gonna be fighting against them and wrestling with them the entire time you're there. It's called politics. If they do say, yes, we're hiring, and they give you the application, then decide that along that path of you filling out the application and then they're giving you their 20 questions, while you're having that chit-chat, they're deciding, how can I sabotage? How can I undermine? How can I use their uh, gifts and talents for my advantage? Where will I put them? Where will they be on the team? How will they benefit me? And you may never get to the hiring manager before they decide too much trouble, too much threat. I can't manage this person. They're smarter than me, whatever. But your application will never go any further because they're asking all those questions. And if you just give your application and the person doing the hiring isn't around, chances are they're going to read over your application. And if they feel like you're a threat or they feel like you're dead weight, either way, your application goes in the trash can. It's called politics. It's just politics but it's politics at every level. So as a leader then, how do you deal with that? Look, if you're the leader and there's politics in your, well, let me, let me correct that. If you're the leader, there is politics in your office. If you're the leader, there's politics in your little team. And I don't care if it's your family or if, yeah, you're asking yourself, is there really politics in a family? I don't know. Have you ever seen a toddler blame their sibling for something they did wrong? We raised four of them. We have eight grandkids. They do it all the time. Same kind of politics, same kind of stuff that's happening in D.C. and in the media every day. It's politics. But if you're the leader, part of your role is to recognize what's politics and what's real. See, as a leader, we have a responsibility to make sure that things flow smoothly, that everyone is trained at the best level that they can be and are willing to be, that everybody has an equal opportunity to excel, to promote themselves, to do good work, to serve the customer, to serve the common good. That's part of our role as a leader, to see that all of those things happen. And if we're not wise enough to the politics, if we don't see the little bantering between employees, if we don't see the friction and the attitude within the team, if we don't see that, then it's going to come out in the form of quality assurance. It's going to come out in the form of disappointed customers. It's going to come out in the form of inventory shrinkage or broken equipment that you're going to have to replace and repair over and over again. And you may just think it's a whole lot of bad luck. You may just think it's a process that doesn't work right. Well, the truth is it's politics. <laughs> It's just politics. But you also have to understand that as a leader, sometimes that politics is you. You're the target. 
You're the target because somebody else in the organization wants your job. Or you're the target because everybody else realizes you hold all the power, and so what they want is your attention. Oh, yeah. So they want your attention. So maybe they buy you gifts. They take you to dinner. They speak really nicely to you and about you and of you. And well, that's where that boot licking and sucking up comes in, right? The brown nosing. They follow you around looking for every opportunity to impress you so that they can be the next person in line. So they can be the teacher's pet. So they can be the house favorite. See, those are, well, they're the same thing. They're politics. Politics, a whole lot of bloodsuckers. People who want to take advantage of your emotional state, your relationships, maybe even your family life. Maybe these are the people that show up on the weekend and they always seem to bring the snacks or the drinks or the barbecue or invite you to their house. And there's a reason we have anti-fraternization policies in the military and this is one of them. It's called politics. But it doesn't matter the size of your organization. It doesn't matter if you're a religious organization or a nonprofit organization. Or even if you're a political organization that works in the field of politics, in every organization there's politics. So long as there are humans, there will be politics. There will be people playing to work their way up the ladder. There will be people playing the emotional, psychological, relational game to better themselves and improve themselves. And it's only when we reach the place in leadership that we're mature enough to say, I see the games, I don't ignore the games, but I do put them in their proper place, both the games and the players. And I know how to navigate this in such a way that everyone still has an opportunity to rise and those who are trying to manipulate the system don't gain any ground by doing so. The only real antidote for politics, you ready for this? One word, this one word is the antidote for politics, integrity, integrity. When you have integrity as a core value, what that means is you know the difference between right and wrong and you hold to that value of right and wrong even when nobody's looking. That also means when everybody's looking, you hold to the same values. You make the same decisions whether it benefits you or it benefits somebody else. You make the same decision when everybody's looking and when nobody's looking. You make the same decision even if it costs you time, costs you pain, or costs you money because it's the right thing to do. That is integrity and integrity is the only thing that will counter politics now if you can bring integrity into your company culture into your organizational culture if you can bring integrity in then everyone will be inclined to treat people the right way because it's the right thing to do whether it benefits them or not whether it costs them or not if you're a leader trust me there's politics in your organization doesn't matter how, how big, doesn't matter what type, doesn't matter what nature, doesn't even matter what business you're in. If you're in an organization of more than three to five people, there's politics. But the only counter that the leader has for politics is integrity. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.